Sports Entertainment Network. Please subscribe, hit that like button, and as always, leave a comment, and thank you for enjoying the video. Shot to right, slicing toward the pesky pole, down the line, and it's going to be down the right field line toward the pesky pole. Leaping up, and that ball is gone. That's a home run. A lot of our Nesson team as well. High fly down the right field line, headed toward the pesky pole. That one tucked in, and that ball is going to be against the wall and into second base. Number retired, and now Rafael Devers trying to retire that baseball inside the pesky pole. Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am your host, Arit. With me, like always, is my man DC and the OG. You know, George, we gotta we gotta sit there and think of something because you you are you're filling it a little bit everywhere now. Uh, it, it seems on the BSEN uh, wide world of sports, we have everything so, I can do uh, to help the team, brother. So yeah, yeah, uh, you, you might uh, recognize uh, the OG George not only from here at the Pesky Podcast, not only from the Roundtable, but also the Foxborough Fellows Podcast that he, you know, jumped in and talked about this week's episode. So make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel that is down on DC's left or right, and uh, hit that subscription and, and check out and see what they're talking about. But let's uh, let's talk a little Red Sox baseball. Uh, George, let's start with you. Uh, you put up a poll this past week, and uh, let's t- let's talk about what the uh, what the results were. Sure, let me just, <clears throat> let me just bring it up here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like everybody else was more than bored with what we were seeing. You know, in terms of um, you know baseball talk. And so I put a, I put up a poll on um, Twitter, and I said, "Well, you know, let's play. Who's the next Red Sox starter you'd like to acquire?" I'm figuring I put the big ones up there: Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease, and Jesus Lazardo. What surprised me was that the the two top people was a tie. Montgomery and Lozardo each had just under thirty six percent, and you know Blake Snell was something above twenty, and and Dylan Cease was somewhere you know just above eight. So I mean you know the fans, you know people on Twitter don't seem to care where they get our pitching from, as long as we get our pitching. Okay, you give up the farm system to get somebody like a Lozardo, or you go out and spend the cash to get somebody like a Montgomery. So. Yeah, and given the absence of news, people's minds have generally exploded with like some bizarre trade and other options. So, yeah, please, somebody in the front office, do something quick because Red Sox Nation is losing their mind. The, uh, DC, uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, George's poll. Uh, what did you sit there and think, and, and who did you vote for uh, if, if you'd like to release that information? Um, I mean, it was pretty <clears throat> on par with what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I think Jordan Montgomery is definitely a guy that everybody wants, but the price is going to be a little too high, I think. Um, I actually voted for Luzardo. I'm pretty sure I voted in it. If I didn't, I do apologize. But if I did, I would have uh, voted for Luzardo. Um, we talked about it last time. I think it would take uh, either Meyer or Roman Anthony in the trade, but um, – you know, a young guy like that that's had that many innings and that successful, um, he'd be my choice. But I'm not surprised by the results. They're pretty what I expected. Uh, let's sit there and touch base a little bit with, with uh, not only just Jordan Montgomery and what you just said, DC, about his price tag, but the extension that Chris Sale got for the amount of innings he's pitched over the last four or five years and the extension he got was what uh two for 36 was that what he got i still think two for 30 was it 38 i don't know i can't think of the number off the top of my head it was two for 36 two for 38 something like that uh and i was reading uh, an article and it's like 
Chris Sale signing that extension with the Braves could hurt a lot of other teams going after Jordan Montgomery. Because if he is still with what he's done and the amount of games he has not played over the past couple of seasons, still getting, you know, anywhere from I think it was eighteen million a year. That is crazy to think what that's going to do to try to acquire Jordan Montgomery. When uh, I think I read somewhere he's looking at like 172, 176, you know, for, for a contract. So, uh, DC, what were your thoughts when you sit there and, and heard uh, the conversation with uh, Chris Sale extension and the possibility of what that could do for? you know, the teams that are trying to go after Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised. Obviously, his injury history in the last, what, you know, since he signed that extension has been pretty bad. But uh, I'm very happy for him. I think uh, he does, you know, deserves a second chance. Maybe not that much money, but, uh, you know, and like you said, that's going to kind of change the, the ball game as far as what Montgomery gets. If Chris Sale is getting that off of an injury, um, not being too productive, you know, in the last four or five years, uh, that's going to definitely – you know, bring that up, that agent, Montgomery's agent is going to use that, you know, as a building block, you know, for a long-term deal, especially a guy like Montgomery who puts the innings in, he's proved that he can pitch in the postseason and win. Um, I think that definitely even makes it more unattainable for the Red Sox to fork up that money. Yeah, George, what about you? <clears throat> we all know that since the extension now, his biggest problem has not been the opposing batter. It's been staying on the field. So now, you know, the Braves, has take, they're taking a risk. You know, they're committing $38 million to see if he can stay on the field. You know, Sox are ponying up the money this year, and, you know, they've reworked a piece of the contract, so they got the 10 mil deferred, I guess. So, you know, they're taking the same risk the Sox did, but for a shorter term. I mean, I hope he did. I mean, look, I hope he stays healthy and he pitches well. Okay. Um, he, listen, he, we all know he owned it when he was here, right? You know, he apologized to the fans when he got hurt and he just, you know, coming into the season and everything. And, you know, he went out of town doing the same thing. You know, certainly class act all the way. But, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Braves, if they, if they get lucky, they get the good sale, the one that goes and takes them out every five days. If not, they'll they'll see what we went through for the past three to four years. So, well, if, if, okay. At, at the end of this season, twenty twenty four, say Chris Sale was the healthy Chris Sale. Would he have helped the Red Sox this season? Yeah, but then if you're looking at what we're looking, what we would have been looking at without a second baseman, you know, with Von Grissom possibly being here the entire you know tenure that he has six years of controllability. I think us trading him helped our team more this year and the foreseeable future than getting one year of pitching with Chris Sale. Because I don't think that we're done yet. Uh, the Red Sox, it was reported with uh, Imanaga that we're down to, it was the last four, but I think it's down to, down to two teams now where it was the Angels, the Giants, the Red Sox, and the Cubs. And now it's down to, from what I, I read on reports, it's down to us and the Cubs. So if well, we actually, could um, him, I don't mean to cut you off. It's funny you just brought that up. I just, I just refreshed Twitter. And it's coming from an outlet, a Japanese newspaper, so take it with a grain of salt. But supposedly mm -hmm. it's the Angels and Giants are the finalists. But, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I would, oh. I, okay. Well, it, that there, maybe I misread it. But, you know, for us to still be in the conversation with them. Uh, but then again, you know, looking at the starting pictures, we've been in talks. And we have connections with, with a lot of them. Another one uh, that I'm not too fond of is Stroman. And he has that connection with Breslow in the Chicago days. So, uh, George, you know, what are your thoughts on, on possibly the Red Sox bringing Stroman in? 
what does the contract kind of look like for him? And do you think that that would help us more than, you know, one of the other starting pitchers? Stroman was, in my mind, always a, a plan B option. Um, not a, Definitely not the top guy in your rotation. But if he's your number two or number three, you could do worse. Um, I don't know. So just for a contract, I would hazard a guess somewhere in the maybe the low 20s, you know, 22, 23. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, Imanaga, uh, you know, he, you know, he appears to have he appears to have some decent stuff. I mean, you know, you go on faith that his stuff translates. Everybody who's seen him seems to think he'll he'll do okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he, he's up on the West Coast, and you know, maybe Japanese players are saying, "Hey, listen, the, the shorter the shorter ride home is is still the best ride home." So, you know, I I don't know uh, I, if his if his if his handlers are pushing him towards the angels, uh, somebody better talk to them. Yeah, because I, I, there's no way I can honestly stick with a client if I was rec representing him and saying, you want to join the Arnie Moreno show? But, you know, but you know my, you know my love of Artie, so. Yeah, um, and, and you said that I think with Stroman, like, Breslow knows what he's, what he's getting with him because he's worked with him before. But you sit there and think, uh, you sit there and think about it. And like you said, George, he, he's not a number one. Nope. Bayo would need to be, take a big leap and bound to move up to be a true, a true number one. So, uh, like our, our rotation now, if you look at it, it's Bayo's number one, Gioletto's number two, and then this is where it gets it gets crazy. Like we have Pavetta, we got Cutter Crawford, and then you got either Halk or Whitlock uh, in there. So it's like, what's what's going on? Like uh, DC, well, what are your thoughts on? the possible of Marcus Stroman and then, you know, the Imanaga. Yeah. I mean, I like Stroman. I know he gets a lot of hate. He's got some attitude problems, but the only thing with him is we need guys that are going to eat innings. He hasn't pitched more than 180 in the last three, at least. Um, and they, he's like, actually I'll have it up right now. So last year he had 136 and the year before he had 138. Um, he reached over 200 innings twice in his career. Now it's back in 2016 and 2017. He's an injury risk. You know, he'll strike some guys out, but I think he's lost some juice. Um, he's only 32, but I just – I don't think it's worth the money. Obviously, like George said, it's a good plan B. But, you know, you're looking for that innings eater, which we did get in Giolito, but we're mm -hmm. not trying to have another summer where we're, we're throwing out bullpen games to start, you know, the game or, you know, burning through our bullpen as easily as we did. So that's not really a big help there. Yeah, that's the problem with him. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the problem with him. He, he's not. He's not. He's not an innings eater. Okay, and right now to save your bullpen, you need at least two guys in the in the rotation. They're going to do what Giolito does, and Giolito being one of them, you got to find somebody else. Because if not, you know, Core is a bullpen killer. So. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of defend yourself against that. So, yeah. Um. Now, it's like, like DC said, with you have Gioletto, he he's eating innings. If if we are on the outside looking in from Snell, Montgomery, uh, you know, Strowman, like, there's not many starting pitchers left. For us now, a lot of people are saying Mike from the Pesky Party Hour. He's even uh, saying he's like, "This is this is a rebuild year. This will be a bridge year where we're actually going for we're, we're getting people to fill in this year 
to continue to go until next year. So, you know, looking at next year, uh, there's a there's a Japanese pitcher who wanted to be uh, let let jump in this year, but he went in really late. Uh, Sasaki. So uh, he's 21 years old. If he would have a chance to come out next year, you know, with being as young, would the, would the Red Sox maybe look at him? Or would it be another Dodger shit show to where the Dodgers are like, oh, well, we're bringing you over here and, you know, give you give you this. Uh, George, what do you think? Are, are you thinking the same thing as Mike? Like this is a, a – we're going to compete – but we know we're that we're going to be more valuable next year to really compete for uh, more game, more wins. I don't think that I don't think the team can publicly say that. Okay, they mm-hmm. let's face it, the fan base is pretty fed up. Um, I mean, Brussels made some decent, you know, but the moves he's made have been okay. All right, no, bring G Little. Great, sending Doogie out of town. Good move. Okay, but you know we cannot go through another last place finish. Okay, the, the fans just will not accept that. All right, if they can prove that they stay in the pennant race throughout the season, you know, and you know try to make the wild card, you know, round or whatever, and they can do that into September, you might have bought yourself some forgiveness there. But go mm-hmm. and say, devoted to say we're doing rebuilding, and not use the word rebuilding or bridge. Um, fan base is not going to accept that. Not okay, at all. The, no, uh, the, the the fan base is upset that they're not hearing anything that's leaked. Like the the fan yeah. base wants to be wants to be so involved, and. It it's just there. It, it kills, you know, being patient. And when something happens, like you know, Gioletto, you know, signing, like Chris Sale trade. Breslow said it from the beginning. There's going to be a lot of moves made, and people aren't going to like them all. So, uh, DC, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think that this is going to be, you know, a low key bridge? Till next year, when we go, when, when we actually, you know, go in, or you know, what are you thinking? Uh, if you would ask me, like two months ago, when Tom Werner said full full throttle, hate to say that saying because I'm getting sick of hearing it, but uh, I would have said, you know, we would have been going all in. But I think, uh, like George said, you just can't come out and say that. Obviously, the way they've been acting, kind of just it, it flows with that that idea of you know a bridge here, which obviously you can't say because this this fan base will riot. Um, mm-hmm. but I think unfortunately that's the way we're going. Obviously, you know, you're having all these reports come out, you know, I don't know how true they are, but you know, they don't want to get close to the, the luxury tax. They want to be below. Um, I think Sean, the one reporter that was on with Catillo, was it McAdams, Sean McAdams? Is yeah. That wrong? Yeah. He was saying, uh, they're not going to come close to, you know, getting to that, that level, that first level, um, which is disappointing, you know, at this point, I've been pretty, pretty optimistic this whole off season, but each day. That goes by, I get pretty, uh, I lose a little bit more, and I'm getting to the point where it's just for the goddamn Red Sox, man. Like, they're not a small market team, they need to spend. Sorry, my uh, my mic just went mute for some reason. But uh, no, the, the money they made off the team since they bought it, it's just I don't understand, man. I it, it's frustrating. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if this is a bridge here. I wouldn't be surprised if we go into the uh, next off season and the same thing happens. You know, they they put out an eighty win team. You know, this year they're what if they do that next year? I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't be surprised at this point, and I hate to say that. Yeah. Uh... You know, but spending the time that I do with Mike on the pesky party hour, and and we sit there and we talk around stats, we talk you know contracts, we break down, you know AVVs and stuff like that, and it, it gets me more into the business side. 
And I guess like uh, Rob Bradford, he sat there and he wrote a big article about John Henry and the whole organizational group, all the buyers and stuff. And, you know, we talked about the developmental around Fenway Park, the development they're doing and how uh, John Henry's wife is a real estate, you know, person. So then, then you got, okay, we got uh, his soccer team. You've got the uh, Penguins. You know, we've got the Red Sox. And there's rumors that he, he wants to dip his toe into NBA for Las Vegas. That's why he helped LeBron James with his portfolio to make it him uh, his net worth a little more. So it's like, is is he just stretching himself too thin? The corporation stretching themselves too thin to where they can't help. Like as long as they're making money, that's all he cares about. But when you win championships, you get more with that. George, what are your thoughts on on all that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> John Hammond is not a stupid man when it comes to money. Um. It does seem as though at times uh, he's interested in playing with his other toys. You know, he proved it with Liverpool. He's trying to, to sign um, that star player. To, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know. And, and that contract, right. you're talking and, about 30, 40 million a year. Right, exactly. Um, and every Red Sox fan is going, yeah, well, you, know, you had an opportunity to do that with somebody else and you didn't. Um, you know, it's all with these guys, it's all about building their empire, okay? Mm -hmm. and, the portfolio, yeah, build the portfolio. And you know what? When you have that amount of money, I guess that's all you, you get a chance to, you know, to live for. I mean, he can look back at his time buying the Red Sox and go, Hey, I got your four championships. What else do you want? You know, we, you know, it, prior to 2004, we'd have killed for one. You know, mm -hmm. we've had four in the last 20 years. You know, let's, you know, everybody's going to say, well, we'll move on from that. No, you know, we've had the taste. We like the taste. We'd like to have some more. I don't think he can afford them. I don't think he can afford to take a giant step backwards. I think he's willing to live with the mediocrity of the situation for a while until he feels he's forced to doing it. Buying the Penguins, there's not anything for that franchise either. Uh, it's just putting it in the NBA. Okay, good luck. You know, uh, that's talk about high high stakes money. Sports teams, and some of the contracts that can handed out in the NBA. So, I don't know. I, he's he's certainly behaving like it. Um, and if he trusts the person who's running the organization, say Sam Kennedy, and he goes, mm -hmm. Sam. The division head handle business. All right. Every division head gets a budget. You got to live within it. All right. It's the nature of the beast. You've been a manager. You know, this is your budget. You got to stay within it. All right. To be under the budget going into the season is not necessarily a bad thing because it gives you leeway to come trading them one. All mm -hmm. right. And that's, you know, if you think you're going to be close and you're already got a couple of deals lined up, you say to your owner, look, we're going to go over the salary cap. Okay. And if you you know if you look like you're gonna you know get in and do do something in playoffs, Goron will say go ahead. But you know going in even eight to ten million dollars under the cap, so what? You know that that makes a deal easy to consummate before the trading deadline because you you don't have you're not lying, you're not having to make other moves to kind of make it palatable. You can make the move and strike first. So mm -hmm. that part of it is kind of. People not understanding business, but yeah, he he's off playing with new toys, and evidently doesn't trust Sam to to run the business as he likes. He's got to stick his nose in it. We'll see. Yeah, well, if you think about it, like when he bought the Red Sox, he bought them for what was it? Three forty, three eighty. Yeah, something like that. So. You know, he he might be thinking overall, like, okay, let's 
do all this development around Fenway Park, then all that development, all the businesses, the high rises makes Fenway Park worth more. And he can get way more for it if he if he does feel like selling it. So the DC, what are your thoughts on uh, is John Henry, you know, thinning himself too thin? Yeah, flat out. I I think he is. I mean, obviously, like George said, he's very you know smart with his money. Um, unfortunately, I think that's a, a downfall for the Red Sox and their fans. I think he has too much on his plate. Well, I mean, not saying that he can't handle it all, but I think his focus isn't where it should be as far as the Red Sox. I think they've kind of gone to the back burner. Yeah. Uh, now, now, don't get me wrong. If you if you look at since he took over the team, he might be looking in long, long ways. You know, okay, how many long-term contracts actually paid out for me? And, and there hasn't been too many. You know, Pedroia got hurt. Chris Sale's contract uh, extension was abysmal. Uh, David Price's contract didn't really work out. Dice Case contract didn't work out for him. Uh, the Panda, like you, you have, you, you have a whole bunch of them. You know Crawford that didn't work out. So maybe, maybe he's looking more along the lines of, okay, I gave you Devers, ten years. Over 300. So there's your long-term guy. Let's sit there and just plug and play people around them and until we can, you know, with small contracts. Uh, George, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's absolutely gun shy with, you know, Panda and, and, you know, right now, if you look at the story steal, you know, he looks like kind of a deal as well because you've gotten no production on really virtually no production for two years. Um, and you got to be realistic about it, you know, between getting hurt, hurt and a couple other things, you know, what have you gotten for it? You know, a little good defense, yeah, when he's been in the game, sure. But, you know, you, you, you got him for as much of his bad as you did for his glove. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's he might just be. You get one you get one long term, but long term long term contracts never pay off, right? You see, you know, you see that, okay? You get, you know, you, you that's what's killing me about the, the round of these long term deals in the last two years, 10, 11, 12 years. Boy, that's a huge commitment to make, and those deals are going to be very ugly at the end. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Plus, it, they're doing their job right, and they can develop their own pitching and keep the development of minor league players coming up. It kind of takes some of the sting out of it when you have to go to free agency. But right now, they have to go to free agency or make uh, uneven trades to get what they need to be competitive. So that, that's, a, that's a factor to be dealt with as well. But yeah, long-term deals. I understand why he's gun shy. If I was the owner, I'd be gun shy too, because as I said, you look at the end of those deals; they never work out for the club. DC, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, recently in the last few years, how many how many big free agents have been signing these long-term deals? Before it was like a five or a six-year deal back in the early two thousands, two thousand ten. Um, but it's like you know, you want to build up your farm system. I mean, you get all these studs. What's going to happen when you got to pay them? Are we just going to let them go like we have in the past other than Endeavors? You know, John Lester, Xander Bogarts, you know, stuff like that. So it's, I think it's maybe gun shy and not only just making those big deals, but also making the wrong ones. I think we spent money in the wrong area sometimes. We had to, you know, we signed David Price. Would we have signed that deal if we would have kept Lester? I'm not saying it would have, you know, benefited us, but, you know, I don't know. You kind of think about it that way. It's like, are you analyzing these deals, you know, as best as you can, are they, you know, kind of deals that you're just doing off the hip because you made some mistakes like Lester or Bogarts, you know, I think they saw the writing on the wall for Bogarts is, which is why they kind of made that deal for Trevor story. Hopefully he can come back and produce these next, you know, four or five years. I think he has left four years. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but, um, but like I said, what scares me is, you know, yeah, you should definitely develop through your minor league system, but are you going to pay these guys like you haven't other than Devers? And I, it, I don't think he will. Well, 
what team was it? Was it Kansas City? Or no, or was it the Brewers that went and signed that that young kid to a big sure, to a long Yeah, for and he Brewers. never played a major he played uh, he play, never played a major league game yet. But but the Brewers are like, okay, you want paid? Let's get there and, and let's get you you know locked up. Do, would you be okay? Say we get a Dylan Cease, a Strowman, and then the only the only other really big offseason moves would be like maybe another right-handed bat. And we, we look at it and be like, okay, let's let's pay Casas, let's pay Bayo, you know, hundred million for you know six seven years. Would you guys would you guys be okay? You know, so we don't have to worry about arbitration. We have them for you know six seven years, and Casas will be the the cornerstone opposite of Devers. Yeah, I mean, I'd be cool with it, but the only thing about that is what money they're going to have for a right-handed bat. Um, I just read Hector Gomez tweeted the Dodgers are now the front runner for Pay Oscar because they're willing to go three years, and that that's what you know kind of fucks me up is it's one extra year. Like, and you're losing guys. You're, you know, you're playing this this game of chicken trying to shred payroll. But, you know, in that time, those players are talking to other teams. You know, their agents are working around the clock. It's just, yeah, I mean, I would love for them to lock up Bayo and Casas. That would be a great idea. It's just if they spend that money, are they just going to throw it on our face and say, oh, you know, we, we signed these guys. You know, we spent money. So we're basically just going to be slim pickings for the right-handed bat that we do need now. George, what about you? Yeah, DC makes a good point. I mean, what 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 are they going to do? I I think that the unwillingness to do a third year with you know with Tay Oscar is sounds like something that is coming out of the front ownership level. Two years is fine. Bridge year, we've got a bunch of young kids coming up that can probably take his place. Okay. Yeah, but they're all left-handed hitters. You know, um, they, they need balance in their lineup. You know, we said it a million times, you know, it's too left heavy. Um, you know, if you're going to go that route, you know, let's bring Adam Duvall back. You know, I'm okay it, with that. It, I, I was just going to ask ask that. If, if we are out on Teoscar Hernandez, which it seems like we are, are, are we okay with saying, okay, let's bring Duvall back for a year? You Either know? that or check in with Reese Hoskins. He's still out there. See what he would cost. Yeah, he'd be he'd be he'd be a backup at first base as well. So, yeah, so it would not be a horrible move. But let's let's talk about possible horrible moves. Now, I remember last year in the off season, everybody, all, all the corporate gurus said that we overpaid for Yoshida. And now all of a sudden, the Red Sox are taking numerous phone calls for a bad contract, according to their executives, not ours, not the Red Sox, not our scouting team. But these are other MLB executives are willing to take on this, quote unquote, bad contract. So, uh, DC, what are your thoughts on, you know, us listening to opportunities for Yoshida and would you want to sit there and keep them? I mean, I'm not going to dog them for having, you know, doing their due diligence. If you get an offer you can't refuse and it betters the team, then absolutely. But I also think if other executives are saying that, I think they're trying to pull the wool over the eyes and just be like, you know, using it as a selling point. You know, he's a bad contract. We'll take it from you. Um, ultimately, I want them to keep him. I think it would piss off a lot of people in the fan base if they did trade him. Um, you know, give him a normal offseason. Last year was his first year in the majors. You know, they don't play that many games. He had a WBC where he played a lot. He, you know, he ran out of gas. I think with the normal offseason, he knows what to prepare for. You give him one more year at least and see what he does. I know he's more of a DH now, but you know, if you can fix, you know, clean up that defense, that even just makes him more valuable. Um, and as the years go by, I mean, these contracts that he has, what does he make a year? Um, like 20? 15. 15, yeah. 20. I mean, yeah. in four or five years, we're going to be looking at 15, 20 million like we did, you know, 10 million right now. And then in the aspect of this game and how much money you make off of merchandising, ticket sales, concessions, everything, you know, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, like you said, Chris Sale just got how much, 17, 18 million a year? Mm -hmm. 
I just think it's simple up economics. It's going to inflation is going to hit and a 15 to 20 million deal is going to look like a $10 million deal, right? Like it does now. George, what yeah, about he's you? Making 18, yeah, he's making 18 flat. Um, yeah, I mean, as time goes on, inflation cures everything. And with baseball inflation, it's even more ridiculous. You know, that's the way that's the way things are. Uh, you know, you know, five million dollars a year uh, twenty years ago was my my goodness, that's a lot of money, right? Now you get middle relievers, veteran middle relievers who make that, and nobody beats an eye, you know, beats an eyelashes about it. You know, you look at you look at what Otani got seventy million dollars a year. You know, okay, great. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, the the way the baseball contracts are spiraling. Yeah, today's twenty million dollar contract is you know under the value of it goes down over time because the last guy in always gets the best deal. So. Hey, I remember when I was a kid, Larry Johnson was the highest paid athlete. And it was only like eighty-two million, like that's crazy. You know, in, in the mid '90s, to thinking that people like Otani's making almost that in one season now. Yeah. So, well, guys, we're gonna sit there and we're gonna do something we haven't done for quite some time. We're gonna play a little. All right. Fair or foul. So you. Yeah. I, I came up with some some great ones this year, uh, this time. Uh, and it's kind of fun because I didn't even let you guys know. So uh -oh. let's sit there and let's start off with the Red Sox will have a top 10 offense yet again in 2024. So last year, our offense finished sixth uh, with the quote-unquote left-handed heavy bat. Uh, that we had in our lineup. So, George, what are you saying on the Red Sox? We'll have another top 10 offense this year. I think that's fair. I think, um, you know, Costas will be going into his second season. I think it was, you know, he'll come out of the gate slightly harder than he did. Um, I think he'll have better offense coming out of second base. A full year, Trevor Story won't hurt you as well. I think the outfield has the potential of putting up some good numbers, you know. And, you know, we just talked about Yoshida. You know, second full year in the bigs, you know, he's he understands what, you know, how to pace himself, okay? So, yeah, I'm, I think definitely top 10. Okay, DC, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go fair. I agree with everything Gord said. Casas, I think, even has an even more stronger year. I think he starts off, you know, really well off the gate. Doesn't slump it if he did before. Sorry if you hear the baby in the back. He's going a little notes out there. Um, you know, Trevor Story can, okay. you know, be Trevor Story. I think that adds a lot. Um, yeah, and guys like Abreu, if he pans out, it's like he did at the end of the season, like he did for us. I think there's definitely potential to be there. Um, I think it could be a potent offense. It's just a lot of things have to come together. Obviously, there's a lot of concerns about injuries, stuff like that. But, um, you know, on paper, I think uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, I will also go fair. Uh, so, so we're going to clean sweep it. I think Costas will have, like you guys said, a, a better uh, season at first base. Uh, I think our production value at second base will be even better than we had last year with our rotation of second baseman. I think Story being uh, getting an actual good spring training in will help him uh, key up the bat. Uh, so I think we're going to upgrade at shortstop. Devers, I'm going to sit there and, and go on a, in a long shot here. Devers is going to have, a, in my opinion, an AL MVP type season. I think Devers will finally be able to put everything together this year, the defense and the offense, to help us secure – a and lead this offense like he needs to. Uh, the outfield, the Smash Brothers are going to kill it. Uh, you know, w w they might have to adopt a Brayu in there a little bit because I do think it's going to be a rotating outfield. 
So, you know, maybe we'll get baby Abreu in there, uh, pumping some iron. And, uh, you know, he can sit there and, and, and end up looking at the end of the season as jacked as Yoshida, Duran, and Popeye Paul and the uh, uh, Popeye Tyler O'Neill. So, but next up, we're going to go Kenley Jansen will not be our closer by the end of the 2024 season. So, DC, uh, we, we, we all heard that that the kid was in the background. Flip it out over Red Sox Nation. Uh, you know, the, the baby's even even tired of not hearing nothing, uh, spending money, you know. So, DC, uh, w- what are your thoughts? Kenley Jansen will not be the closer by the end of the 2024 season. I'm going to go fair. I don't think he'll be the closer. Um, I think if they can move him in the offseason, I think they will. Um, obviously, they want to shed payroll. I think his price tag really isn't that much for, you know, an established closer like him, and it's only one year. So it's not like a team that gets him is going to be on the hook for, you know, so many years after this year. Um, I think a, a contender would want him, you know, whether it's beginning, you know, before the season starts or, you know, when somebody gets a, a closer hurt, I think they can easily uh, sell him off because then, you know, you, you trade him at the, the deadline. It's like, what, eight or nine million that they're going to own, if that, if a little bit less than mm-hmm. that. So. And then if that happens, I just hope a guy like I would I would love to see Whitlock in the closer role. I think uh, he's a, a stud in the bullpen. I think the starter, you know, experiment is definitely something I'd like to stay away from. But yeah, I know I kind of went sidetracked there, but I'm going to say fair. No, see it no, before the season. No, no, I, we were talking about the the pesky party hour. Uh, ours were we we broke down if Jansen's gone, who we want to see in that uh, closing role. And, you know, we'll, we broke that down. So, George, uh, and let's answer this question about Jansen. And then let's – who would you want to see if Jansen's not there? Um, I want DC. I, I think it's fair. Um, he is the one movable piece that even if they're having a good season, they can make themselves better by moving. They have options to come in. Look – you know, uh, you know. I think Whitlock is a, is a great choice. How could also be, a, you know, a closer. He's got that bulldog mindset. You know, we'll go. I'll go into it saying, look, if they get their their starting rotation squared away, right? Mm-hmm. Big, big if. But yeah, I, Whitlock belongs in the bullpen. You know, you saw what he did when he first got here. You know, he he's. He's, he's all business on the mound. And do I think that he can, you know, do, do I think he can do the job? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But yeah, okay. I, if Jansen gets you something either before the season or during the season, you may, you are now a better ball club. Well, I'm going to agree with you guys again. I think Jansen, I don't think he gets traded until the trade deadline. Because maybe we might be able to get a little bit more then, because right now they are uh, the Rangers are talks about wanting to take Jansen, because they need help as a, with a closer. They're willing to give up Lighter, but Lighter is not pan, uh, panning out at all so far, uh, with his numbers down in double. You know, he's made the double way so far. Is that something that Breslow might be able to help uh, him along the way, possibly, but. I don't see Jansen being there. Uh, I went throughout the name, and Mike agreed with me for everything on who I said said would be a great closing option, except for we would not have another left-handed person in the bullpen. And that is Bernardino. I loved how last year it didn't matter when Alex Cora called upon him. Was it the open? Uh, he did cl- uh, close the game. Was it the setup? Was it, you know, two innings, bases loaded, bases empty? He came in and he took care of business. You know, he had like a 3.42 ERA. Uh, his walk ratio wasn't very high. So I would sit there and, and love to s- them to give him a try. The only problem is with that is uh, he's a left-handed option right now in the bullpen. So, 
And 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 George, I know you, you know you, you just sit there and said that you forgot Martin. That that that's who uh, Mike and Leslie both were saying that would be the the favor option to go take over for Jansen. So if, if you, you know I love Chris Martin. Yeah. Chris Martin would be I think he could make the transition. He you know, he did it when, when Henley wasn't available, uh, when Henley mm -hmm. wasn't available, which was you know, which was great. Um, question is, do you do you hurt yourself by taking him out of a role he's just lights out of? And I, I think that um, I think you leapfrog Whitlock in there, and I think it works because you still have Martin as your fallback. That that'd be my only. But yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin's an option as well. But I like the Whitlock into Whitlock to the Bernardino. Yeah, but you're right; you don't have a lefty out of the bullpen. So yeah. So, uh, next up on Fair or Foul, the Red Sox will acquire their next starting pitcher by signing someone through free agency. So, DC, we'll start with you. Fair or foul, the Red Sox will sign somebody through free agency. Oh, man. Uh, I'll say... Oh man, I don't know. I would say fair. I think. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if if they would be going for the guys that you know everybody wants, like Cease or Lizardo. I think that price me a little, maybe a little too high. Um. Yeah, I guess I'll go fair. You know, try to manifest it. Obviously, I want to see a trade too. But if you can hold on to your uh, to your top prospects and then also go out and get a good arm, but uh, it just comes down in the you know their ability to fork that money up. So I'm being very, very optimistic, which I, I don't think I should. But I'll go fair. Okay. George, what about you? I'm going to go foul. <clears throat> I think that with the sale trade, I think you saw that Brazil is willing to be creative. So there's the, he's got his eyes on one or two guys out there. We probably don't have our eyes on. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's going the trade route and because if he doesn't sign Montgomery or Snell, he's stuck with the, the next level down, which is Stroman and James Paxton. All right. Those are your really your guys up next. Okay. Um, I think he needs a he needs a good, very good pitcher. I think he's going to do that via trade. So yeah, I'll say foul. Okay, I, I will also be saying foul. Uh, one person God that damn, George I have said foul. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one thing, George, that you know we forget about. A lot of people were in on Keller from Pittsburgh, and I don't think yeah. his I don't think his cost would be as much. But I am still saying Mike and Leslie both did not like me. I'm still saying it's going to be by trade. I'm saying it's going to be Lazardo. And I'm saying we're giving up Marcella Meyer to get him. And mm -hmm. Leslie despises Trevor Story. <laughs> and I'm like, we got Trevor Story for four more years. Everything I'm hearing from scouts to, you know, teammates and even, you know, a former coach, Zanatello in our system, they said is Marcelo Meyer-like, but he's younger than him. I can see him working his way up through four years because we already got our, our second baseman now, Vaughn Grissom. And everybody thought for the longest time, me myself included, Meyer and York. That's our that's our our middle infield. But I'm personally switching to Grissom and Zanatello. And I think we can trade Marcelo Meyer and get get a Lazardo, and he's able to eat innings. So, what what are your guys' thoughts on that? Are you guys? As, as bad as Mike and Leslie.
because Leslie doesn't want story around at all. So I think uh, I get the hate on story, but I think uh, I think he can really change that narrative. You know, if he comes out hot in the beginning of the season, obviously, you know, you'd want him to to play up to his contract that he signed for. But uh, what you just said, I don't hate it. If I had to choose between trading Meyer or Anthony, not saying I don't like Meyer, but I would trade Meyer over Anthony. Yeah, definitely, George. Yeah, my first of all, their club's going to line up for Meyer. You know, top five pick. You know, got good stuff. Got derailed at the end of the season due to injury. Yeah, he, yeah, he slipped a little bit in the, ra- in the rankings because he got hurt at the end of the season. But everybody, you know, everybody wants a shortstop. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, that's the guy. Yeah, you know, unless you decide to trade Meyer to Kansas City and go pick up Bobby Wood Jr. You know, there's a deal I'd make, maybe a creative, but still, I mean, yeah. Maya's expendable. I love the kid. You know, I, I, I've seen him play a couple of times. Love him, love his hands, love his power, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, he brings you the one thing you can't develop right now, which is front end pitching. Yeah. He has to go. So the last fair or foul question. The Red Sox will finish third place or higher in the division as of right now. So DC, since, since you're already laughing about this, uh, we'll start with you. Third place or better. I'm going to go foul. As it stands right now, foul. I think uh, – I think the Orioles are a force to be reckoned with. I think if they start, you know, if they if they get a, a starter, like you know, kind of like we need, um, or one of their young guys kind of puts it all together right away, I think they're going to finish first again. I think the Blue Jays, um, you know, not talking about postseason. I think I think they play a lot better than they did last year, and I think you know the Rays just find a way to to win. Um, I just I think right now we're fighting for fourth place the way it stands, and I hate to say that, but. I don't know. We have a really, really stacked uh, division, and we're just aren't making the moves that we need to. We don't have the pitching right now, um, so I think we're fighting for fourth place at this moment. That could change, though. Mm-hmm. George, what about you? My head tells me say foul, but I'm going to say fair. Um, I think the Orioles may take a half a step back this year. Okay. They haven't really done anything other than, you know, pick up our old, our old closer. Uh, but uh, they haven't done a whole lot. <clears throat> Young, their farm system is still pumping up players. I, they had some success last year. They came out and overachieved like nobody's business. All right. I see them. Young teams like that seem to take a step back. Okay, watch out in twenty-five. I, 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 if you could tell me what's going on with the Blue Jays, I'd like to know because talk about having talent but going nowhere. Um, the Rays, I don't. The, the House of Cards is due to fall soon. Don't know the Yankees. They haven't. I think the Yankees move up a little bit. I see the Sox finishing third in this in this mess. Um. With the with the Orioles finishing second and the Yankees back on top, Ooh. and you know the Jays, you know the Jays and the Rays in four or five. I just it's the it's the division is, is changing, but yeah, uh, wow. Well, man. George, first off, I think you're reading my notes <laughs> because because I, I sit there and I I don't think the Orioles are, are going to be on top of the division like everybody says. No. Uh, I'm I'm thinking this is be a fair statement. I think I think we're going to be in third, but it could be a close fourth. Uh, I I think Tampa will be on top as of right now. Tampa will somehow be on top. Then, unfortunately, 
uh, the Yankees, then us, then Baltimore, and then Toronto. You know, everybody will probably call me nuts, but I, I that's just I don't know. I, I think I think this year we're gonna get more, as long as we're healthy, we should have. Could could you imagine what our offense would have been like? Now, don't get me wrong. If Adam Duvall never got hurt, we never we we either never would have seen what Jaron Duran could do, or we would have had to wait longer to see what Jaron Duran could do. But if we had a full season last year of Adam Duvall, if our starting pitchers were all healthy, which would have put less on our bullpen, you know, we we could have been doing a lot better than last place overall. Mm-hmm. So. But that 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 was our fair or foul segment, guys. Uh, so let's sit there and go quick around the horn for some final thoughts. We'll start with UDC, and uh, we'll close the show. Uh, shitter, get off the pot. Not up or shut up. That's all I gotta say. Uh, if it is a bridge here, just come out and say it's a bridge here. You know what I mean? Don't piss in my face and tell me it's raining. That's how I feel right now. Okay. It, it, it's, it's not rain, it's lemonade, DC. It's okay, though. <laughs> it tastes a little bitter. <laughs> so, George, what, what about you, and what can we expect on your column for tomorrow morning? Sure. Uh, as far as the Red Sox, I'm, I'm with DC 1 million percent. Let's get it done. Let's get a good pitcher in here, um, and let's get a good right-handed bat. And quite frankly... If it's not Teoscar, as I said earlier, give me Duvall. I'm happy with that, okay? The man can play all three outfield positions at a very decent level and knows he can play in Boston. The fans love him already. So, you know, you're not – and I, I don't think he's going to cost you a whole lot, all right? But, yeah, we need a pitcher. By trade, by signing, get a frontline starter and do it. However you do it, just get it done. All right, and then fill in the pieces afterwards, and let's see what happens. I mean, spring training opens in what five and a half weeks, you know, exactly. Yeah, um, to give you a kind of a preview of tomorrow, um, I talk about you know the, the slowness of things. I talked about my poll, uh, I covered the cost of pitching earlier this week in another article that I did, uh, that, that breaks down the ways you the ways you acquire pitching. And, uh, you know, you go back and read that because I think that's important to understand because there's, there's, no, there's three ways and all three are, are right, wrong, and indifferent at the same time and all have their risk-reward options for each. Uh, I also do a little touch on the Patriots because tomorrow is at the very least going to be Matthew Slater's last game. And for those of you around that are not – uh, Patriots fans, uh, he's been the special teams captain for this team for a long time. I think mm-hmm. Belichick's going to do something special for him in the game, much like he did for Flutie and Flutie's last game with the team. We had him do a drop kick. I think you're going to see they'll put him in a receiver or do something nice for him. Uh, he's He's been the ultimate team player, good human being all the way around. And we may be watching his last game as a coach for the Patriots, or I'm almost assuredly certain that he's this definitely his last game as GM. So a little bit of that. Um, and unless something breaks overnight before I release it in the morning, that's about it. Um, we can only hope. But yeah, that's that's what I got. Okay. And you know, my, my final thoughts is, you know, we this just overall we gotta sit there and put a product out there that we can we can be content with. Like I'm looking at bringing back uh, Justin Turner before we bring back Adam Duvall, uh, just because Justin Turner was the heart and soul of the team. And man, that, that, that man just throws some dirt on it. Like, he played more games hurt than, you know, Chris Sale probably pitched in the past how many seasons. So, but other than that, I kind of want to just sit back and you know, just just wait for the for the next oh my god moment with the Red Sox, because you know there's you know, there, you know there there's one coming. So, 
But make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel at BSEN617. Subscribe. Check out all of our podcasts we have on uh, there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at pesky underscore podcast. The link tree is right there for our Boston BSEN and the Pesky podcast. But for George, for DC, and myself, check you out next time on the Pesky podcast.